translation. The most fortunate Rohini, the mother of Baladev, was honored by Nanda Maharaj and Jashoda, and thus she was she also dressed gorgeously and decorated herself with a necklace, a garland, and other ornaments. She was busy wandering here and there to receive the women who were guests at the festival. <coughs> so I say, and you can repeat, the most fortunate Rohini, the mother of Baladev, was honored by Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda. And thus she also dressed gorgeously and decorated herself with a necklace, a garland, and other ornaments. She was busy wandering here and there to receive the women who were guests at the festival. <clears throat> Purport by His Divine Grace, Shila A.C. Bhaktivedanta, Swami Shila Prabhupada. Rohini, another wife of Vasudev's, was also kept under the care of Nanda Maharaj with her son, Baladev. Because her husband was imprisoned by Kamsa, she was not very happy. But on the occasion of Krishna Janmastami Nandotsava, when Nanda Maharaj gave dresses and ornaments to others, he also gave gorgeous garments and ornaments to Rohini so that she could take part in the festival. Thus she also was busy receiving the women who were guests. Because of her good fortune in being able to raise Krishna and Balaram together, she is described as Mahabhaga, greatly fortunate. Once again, the translation, <clears throat> the most fortunate Rohini, the mother of Baladev, was honored by Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda. And thus she also dressed gorgeously and decorated herself with a necklace, a garland, and other ornaments. She was busy wandering here and there to receive the women who were guests at the festival. Om Jnana Timurinda Shaganan Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Jena Tashmai Sri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Shtapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Tadante Swapadante Panchakalpa Tarubyas Chakripa Sindhu Devacha Patitanam Pavanibyo Vaishnavibyo Namo Namaha. So this is um, a description. Uh, even though uh, her husband was imprisoned by the uh, evil king Kamsa, uh, Rohini is very joyous because Krishna has appeared. Krishna, Krishna's appearance, and now there's this nice festival that. Uh, Nanda Maharaj is, is uh, putting on. So one can't help but imagine or try to imagine, you know, what was it like? Uh, can you imagine being there? What a festive occasion. This is the festive occasion of all, you see. Uh, even though her husband's in prison, she's joyous because you know, Krishna has appeared. And uh, uh, the proceedings must have been grandeur, to say the least. But what a joy to the to the world! All living entities were joyous, except for the demons. But all other, uh, especially all saintly persons, were overjoyed. Krishna has come; this moment has come. Kamsa, of course, uh, was not feeling so good about the situation, but um, 
Here, Mother Rohini is running here and there, and she's receiving the guests. Uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, calls her a Mahabhaga. Mahabhaga is a very fortunate one, somebody who is... Uh, it doesn't mean uh, uh, fortunate in the way that we would interpret it in a material situation. Like, it, it's even more fortunate than somebody who's having a good day, you know, somebody who's receiving uh, some favors. Uh, it's even more fortunate to somebody who won the lottery, you see. She's the most fortunate. She's incredibly fortunate because she gets the opportunity to raise Krishna and Balaram together. She gets to uh, uh, see them on a daily basis, and see how they mature uh, and interact with them in a loving way, you see. So one cannot help but wonder, how does a living entity get such a position? This is un, it's unbelievable to us. It's inconceivable. How does a living entity uh, get such a situation? You know, uh, If we would take the time, though, to look around our daily lives uh, and to see the opportunities that we, the devotees of Krishna, uh, are given, we can see that we, while maybe not being as fortunate as Mother Rohini, are more fortunate than practically every other living entity in, uh, in the, uh, the cosmos. You see, every day we get to gaze upon the, uh, the form of Sri Sri Radha Kalachanji uh, and his associates on the altar, which, by the way, uh, kudos to whoever dressed them today. They look exceptionally good. They always do, but they, I think it's exceptionally exceptional today. Uh, the, the, the beautiful flowers on his turban and the uh, you know the land lotuses. Uh, this time of year is so nice when the, the magnolias bloom. Prabhupada called them the lotus that grows on land, the land lotus. And it's so wonderful to see the the deities. Uh, Radharani's offering a nice one to Krishna, uh, but the devotees can come forward every day, and we get to witness this. Uh, many devotees get to uh, bathe the deities. They get to dress the deities. They get to feed the deities. You know, they're allowed to cook for the deities, make some offerings, cleanse the temple of the deity, you see. Now, the unfortunate thing is, with our limited vision, that uh, it's not uncommon for us to, uh, to not be able to see devotional service sometimes as uh, uh, a transcendental function. It seems like something that some guy is trying to get me to do. You know, I mean, I didn't really want to do anything. I was going to go take a nap or maybe take a stroll and snick, 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 snick a little bit. And uh, now the guy's trying to get me to go and, you know, put on a dhoti and go in the pajari room and do all this stuff or cut up fruit for the deities. You know, I didn't really want to do it. It wasn't my plan, you know. And if somebody's grabbing me by the arm trying to get me to make a garland or, you know, I'm trying to it's the, clean the floor. I don't want to clean the floor. That's, well, that's low class. I'm an American, you see. We don't do those things in America. We hire that out. <laughs> so, so this is not clear vision, though. The devotee, uh, many, many times, uh, we find ourselves um, thinking, uh, you know, this is just not what I had planned for the day. I, I was going to do something else. This is in my way. This Krishna is getting in my way. 
see. Uh, uh, many times we see like that. Uh, I remember uh, being head pajari, trying to get people to serve. Sometimes it was like, oh, no, I don't want to. No. Our temple president, we're trying to get somebody to serve. It's always this resistance. So <clears throat> on a transcendental platform, if we look at it transcendentally, we're chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Hare, Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare Hare. Daily, that we're begging Krishna for devotional service, you know? Uh, and then someone's tapping you on the shoulder, oh, hey, Prabhu, would you like to do some service? No, no, I'm busy chanting, begging Krishna for service. Okay. Come back later when I'm finished begging Krishna for devotional service. So can't you see I'm engaged in begging for service? Now here you are offering me service. What kind of a... You know, what kind of a nutcase are you? Uh, so it, it goes on like that. So my point is that we need to see uh, uh, transcendentally the life that we have in front of us. We are living such a glorious life. It's, 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 it's uh, incomparable to anything else. Not only do we get to see the beautiful form of the Lord every day, but we get to see Krishna's devotees. We get to... to uh, to hear the melodious kirtans, you see, take Krishna prasadam. The, the life of a devotee uh, is that of a Mahabhaga, you see. We are incredibly fortunate. It's not something, uh, it, it's, it's our good fortune that we came in contact with this Krishna consciousness and with Krishna's devotees. This is, we are, we are, uh, uh, we're, we're kind of like spoiled babies, and we kind of, after so many years, we start to take it, uh, uh, what, what's the term? We just, we take it for granted, you know? It becomes normal. It's just normal. It's just another day, another day in, in the Dom, you see. Uh, and we need to guard against that. We need to see. We need to uh, use our, uh, some transcendental vision. And uh, as they say, count our blessings, you see, we should be thankful if someone says, can you do this, sir? Yes, of course I can. Oh, but I thought you already had this to do. Ah, it's okay. I'll move it aside or I'll, I'll work them both in. That's okay. Of course, we don't want to, uh, you, you shouldn't overextend. You know, you have to get proper rest. You know, you have to have proper sadhana and so on. But max out as much service as possible. Uh, I find, I try to, uh, as I travel around, I try to take a stick and kind of whip myself from time to time when I'm invited to go someplace. And I think, well, you know, gee, well, that's a long way. I really planned on going there. But, uh, well, the answer is yes, you know. How can I explain to Srila Prabhupada that, well, I had this opportunity to drive 300 miles and, and give uh, a lecture, but it was, I didn't really want to, you know. Probably would say, oh, no no money for gas? Oh, no, I had money for gas. Oh, so, no time. Of course. Of course I have to. We make time, you see. So, uh, how can the uh, uh, how can the preacher turn down an opportunity to, uh, to preach? How is that possible? You know, what's your excuse? I'm in the hospital with tubes coming out of my body. That one might work. You see, I'm very, very sick. I can hardly stand up. I'm, I'm so dizzy, I think I'll fall over. That one might work. Other than that, I don't want to. It's, it's an austerity. We can't, you know, we can't do that. It doesn't work, you know. Uh, we, get, we need to get personal. 
we're dealing with a personality. It's not like this impersonal uh, thing, you know. The, as, I, as I travel around working these uh, yoga studios, uh, of course, there you meet every, every kind. You meet all kinds. You know. It's a, you know the type I'm talking about. You've been with me on some of these. You see these people, and they're sitting there, and they'll be, you know, they're in a yoga salon, and all of a sudden they'll do some sort of a yoga thing. You know the, the moves I'm talking about? They're all, they'll start doing some sort of a yogic thing. There. And it's obvious, it seems obvious to me that they're simply trying to show the room. They're trying to get some attention. They're, they're sitting there. Everybody's listening to this fat guy up there, and, you know, uh, I'd like to get some attention too. So they start doing some sort of a yoga thing. You know, so, but you meet all kinds. You meet people mostly who don't believe that God, never really thought of God actually having a personality, a face that you can look into, cheeks that you can kiss, uh, hands that you can hold. They don't think like that, you see. So uh, they're able to uh, make, make rules, many of them, kind of manufacture their own religion as they go. They write it as they go. They take a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and they, they, they know that they're doing it. They even have a name for it. They call it the bumblebee, the bumblebee philosophy. They go from flower to flower and take a little nectar here and there as they go, and they're kind of proud of it. Yes, yes, I have experienced this philosophy and that philosophy, and I've extracted what works for me. And so here I am, because you say, what is your faith? Oh, it is a, a, a great mixture of many, yeah, you know. So, <laughs> and you kind of look at it and say, and uh, here you are. You know, this is the product of, uh, of your sampling. So the last thing that they've thought about most of the time is that God has a personality and that... Uh, Perhaps I should render some service to him and actually do something for him, not for me. Uh, I want this. I want to do that. I don't want to do this. I don't do windows, you know. Okay, I'll cut up the mangoes and, and the apples, but I don't do floors and windows, you know. You see, we can't, how can we refuse some opportunity to serve Krishna? If we give Krishna a personality. Now, if he's just this impersonal Brahman, then I can, uh, I can kind of fib to myself, maybe fib to you a little bit. No, I don't have time, and I'm just being nice by saying I don't want to. You know, I had other plans, you see. If we give Krishna a face and a personality, and if we give ourselves the position of being a servant to this personality and understanding that by serving him is the only way that we can achieve transcendental knowledge, then we need to get very serious about serving Krishna, you see. We need to start dealing with Krishna. We need to start realizing Krishna. When we're doing service, we need to make this connection between us and Krishna. And Guru, my dear Guru, I am serving you. Oh, thank you for giving me this service to Krishna, you see, at every moment. We should make that personal connection. We should realize our position. Uh, this isn't something that we try to uh, artificially concoct, that I'm something special. No, you are something special. 
You are absolutely something quite special. To be here is uh, quite fortunate, you see. Just to walk through the door is incredibly fortunate, but to be involved on a daily basis with the ongoings of this community, serving Krishna, you are um, not ordinary people. You're not an ordinary person. This is not an ordinary circumstance that you're experiencing, you see. Uh, when you walk out in the world, people may identify you with just one of the guys. You're just one of the one of the other people. You may not appear to be any different than anybody else, you see, and you're nothing special to them, you see. Now, it's not that we get puffed up and start going around saying to people, well, you know, you should let me in line in, in front of you in the checkout counter at the grocery store because obviously you can't tell I'm special, you see. But we should think that we are special in that we are the best friend of every living entity, you see. We're the very best friend. When someone meets you, it's the most fortunate situation that they've ever been faced with. They've never had a more fortunate moment than being uh, having the encountered Krishna's devotee, you see. Mother uh, Rohini had the daily experience of raising Krishna and uh, Balaram. So can you imagine coming into contact with her? She's not ordinary. She's a Mahabhaga. Uh, and so are the devotees of Krishna, not on the level of Mother Rohini, of course, but anyone who comes in contact with the devotees. Um, just look at our daily schedule with chanting of the holy name, seeing the devotees, uh, seeing the, uh, uh, the deities, hearing the kirtan, smelling the incense and the flowers, tasting the prasadam, you see, performing service to the devotees and to Krishna, offering flowers to the spiritual master. You know, by the time we walk away from breakfast, we've already had an incredibly special day. What with watering Tulsi? Huh? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing what we have experienced by the time we have breakfast. You see, you're a very special person. So uh, we, should, we have to remember uh, that you're the best friend of everyone. So therefore, your attitude will change when you deal with people, you see. You're carrying a great responsibility. You're a representative of Guru and Krishna. You're a duly authorized representative of Guru and Krishna, you see. If you were a representative for um, um, Microsoft, you know, big company, you're a representative, employee of the company with business card and everything, you know, you're, you're a representative, then you have to represent them, you know. If you act like some sort of an idiot, if you get into some kind of trouble uh, doing some kind of nonsense activity, they'll fire you. They'll think, we don't want anybody like that representing us. You know, we're Microsoft. And it's like that with much smaller companies too, see? We are authorized representatives of Krishna's company, ISKCON. We're authorized representatives. So therefore, we have to represent. You've got a big um, 
responsibility. Now you may say, well, if I'd have seen that in the small print, I don't think I would have signed up for this. You know, but it's there, so it's too bad. Here you are. See. So what does this mean? That uh, that means that we have to become very active in what we do. We can't just. I just. I've often thought. Uh, sometimes I want to just run into the store and get some water. You know, these machines they have in stores where you get fresh water, and I just want to stop. I just want to duck in and fill my bottles and get on the way. But I think you know, really, what I need to do is to make sure that I have a pleasant encounter with whoever I bump into. You know, I don't really want to say anything to anybody. You know, I'm I'm really impersonal. I'd rather go in and put money in a machine and get out if I can do that. Money. You know, that's that's my fallen nature. But I think, so uh, uh, be nice, be friendly. If you have some extra books, give a book to the clerk. You see, talk to the people in line. Some many times people will off, will, will notice you're a, a kuntimala. They'll say, "Oh, where did you get those beads? Oh, I got those in India." Really? What did you go to India for? Well, I'm a Hare Krishna. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'm a monk. Are you really? Oh, that's amazing. You know? Yeah. Are you interested? I have a book for you in my pocket here. Oh, yeah, I'd like that. Yeah. You see, some uh, encounter pleasant, even if they're in a, in a big hurry, at least be pleasant. Try to get to the point where somebody once in a while, uh, every day would be nice, but once in a while should say, you know, you've been the bright spot in my day. Thank you. I'm so glad that you came in here. I was so busy, and you're the nicest person, you see. Uh, even if we don't want to be nice, we have that responsibility. So what to, what to speak of when we're preaching? Distributing books or speaking? Huh? And... Take it a step further. Whenever we're doing any service for Krishna, if we're scrubbing the floor, we should do it joyously. Devotional service is performed joyously. You see, it's not a chore. It's a sweetness. It's wonderful. It's, it's pleasure. Well, you may say, well, you know, how, come, how can you say it's pleasure? You know, sometimes I don't know if I like it, you know. I don't like scrubbing pots. Well, then you're not scrubbing Krishna's pots. You are scrubbing Krishna's pots, but you're not thinking like you're scrubbing Krishna's pots. You see? Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation, uh, you know, where we have to cook uh, a feast for many people. Uh, Namruchi was, he was with us in El Paso. We had that dingy little kitchen that, tiny little stove. The last time I was there, the stove was half the size. It was only this big. I have to cook a feast for 60 people. This little tiny 1920s stove, you see, and sometimes Krishna only lets one or two burners work. (laughs) So there's a challenge, you see. So what do we do? We can throw a hissy and say, you know, this is just too rotten. This is too much. I'm just going to call this thing off. Or we can say, my dear Lord, I feel like you're, you know, you're testing me here. And I think that's very wonderful. But I'm just depending on you. You know, I'm, I'm here doing service for you, which is glorious. And I'm just depending on you. You know, I can't do any of this by myself. You know, so my Lord, you know, I'm just, you know, in a nice way, I'm trying to say, you know, work with me here, <laughs> Krishna. <laughs> 
if you can help me, whatever. I can't do it without you, you see. So the devotee may think from time to time, well, this service just seems a little overwhelming or I don't want to do it or whatever. So that we just have to turn to Krishna, get personal with Krishna, talk with Krishna. You know, my dear Lord, can you help me? I'm struggling. You know, I don't have the potency to do anything. You're the ability in man. You're my, any ability I have is from you. So uh, whether I'm successful or failure, that's your choice. You see, just having that realization, it's, it's sweet to have these realizations as we go through our day. We're not, it's not like we're doing uh, the activities of devotee and uh, someday later, I'll get to see this Krishna. You see, it's not a post-dated check. You do it now, Chanari Krishna. Now, someday, you get in to see the big guy. It's not like that. The big guy is here now. Krishna is here now. He is with us. Uh, he will let his presence be known. We just have to be looking for him. We have to be listening. You know, He will direct us. He is directing us. Although we're making these, before we're devotees, we're making these, having these desires. I want this and I want that. When we become devotees, we start desiring to serve Krishna. And then we have this realization that we are serving Krishna. You see, we have this realization that somehow or other Krishna must be very happy. Krishna has been pleased. Because right now, after I've done this service, I'm feeling very ecstatic, you see. The living entity only can only feel happy when he's enjoyed by Krishna, you see. It's not possible for us to do something that we enjoy doing. You know, sometimes people in business life, they'll, just to get to know each other, they'll say, well, what do you like? What do you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy golf? You know, fishing? Hunting? And they want to know, what do you enjoy? You know, the devotee can say, I don't enjoy anything except serving Krishna. That's the only way the living entity can enjoy, by pleasing Krishna. The living entity enjoys uh, when the Lord enjoys, when we're being enjoyed. So when you're performing your service and all of a sudden you feel very wonderful, then you know Krishna is enjoying this. The more he enjoys it, the more we feel this uh, ecstasy, this feeling of uh, wonder, you see. So we have to look for that. When we feel that, the natural thing is, uh, what happens when you feel something like that? What do you think is your first reaction when you feel better than you've ever felt in your life? You feel more enjoyment, pleasure. What is your, what is your first reaction? I want more of this. I want to do this again. I don't want this to be the only time. You see? I don't want this to just kind of pass through. You see? And then I think back, oh, that was really cool. That was great. Wow, that was awesome. You see? Huh? No, I want to do this again. Well, wait a minute. I want to do this a lot. Hold everything. I want to do this every time. Maybe I can do this constantly. If I can grab this feeling and feel this way, always, that means I have to 
get Krishna to enjoy me always. You see? We pursue it. Let's pursue it. Let's not wait for it to come. Let's go for it, as they say. Let's pursue it. In the right frame of mind, let's serve Krishna in whatever way possible, you see. Of course, if we have some talent, we offer our talent to Krishna. We have some particular uh, proclivity, we offer that to Krishna. However, let's not draw the line there because it's, my Lord, how can I serve you? What would make you pleased? If I'm thinking, you know, it's just like if you're going to cook for somebody and... Uh, you know, I want to I want to cook bitter melon. I want to cook some corella. But I find out they don't really like corella. You see? But that's my favorite recipe. I cook it very well. Everybody tells me I cook it very well. You know? And I want to cook it for you. Well, I don't like it. Or I do like it, but I'm not in the mood for it right now. I just, I had it yesterday. Well, that's what I'm going to cook for you. That's, that's what you're going to get, you see? You see? Look, this is what I like to do. You see? Now, uh, my sweet Lord, what do you want? What do you want me to do? And then we enjoy doing what Krishna wants us to do. You see? Why would Krishna not uh, play with us in such a way like that? We're all set up to do one thing. And then all of a sudden, it's just like there, there are many times when, um, when I sit down to give a lecture and uh, I had this plan of what I was going to say. You know, I've got an idea of where I'm going to go. And uh, it's just like when I, last time I was in El Paso, the, the last uh, lecture in the series, I had been there for a month giving uh, four lectures a week. And the last lecture in the series was going to be uh, a summary I was going to summarize everything I'd talked about, you see. And I had it down, and uh, I knew the verse that I was going to talk on and everything. So I, I had this this great idea. I thought it was a great idea. And I sat down um, to give the lecture, and the whole thing, the whole room was different. Everybody there except for two or three people were first-timers. Well, how do you summarize? This is their first. So I have to throw the whole thing out. And come up with something new, you see. So we can't be attached. Well, I wanted to do this. You know, I had this plan and I was going to do it. No, you have to go. As a matter of fact, since they're all first timers, you got to go back to square one. You know, you're not your body. <laughs> there is a personality to God. I had to do the same thing that I had done the, in the beginning, you see. So, ah. Uh, we can't get attached to what we want to do. Well, we want to make... The only thing we get attached to is we want to please Krishna. You see? We want to accomplish that. That's the mission. You see? We don't need to do it in any particular way. It's just like uh, in business. You make the sale however way is possible. You see? That's a, you, that's the object of the game is to make the sale, period. When you're in sales, uh, they 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 have that um, uh, concept. The object is to walk away with their money. You see, 
doesn't matter how you do it, as long as it's legal, you can't lie, but anything. So there are some people who aren't very good in business, and they want they want to say what they want to say to the client. You know, and if the client's ready to buy right away, they they keep on talking because they want to say what they came to say. But that's not the game. The game is to win. You win by making the sale. You make the sale when you get their money, you see. So that means you have to be very flexible. You have to be very flexible. So, well, we have to be flexible when we're serving Krishna. We don't have a particular thing that we need to say or a particular uh, service that we want to do. We want to serve according to the opportunity presented. You see, utility is the principle, Prabhupada said. Preaching is the essence, books are the basis. Uh Purity is the force, and utility is the principle. The utility is the principle is not repeated very often. So you've heard that one? You know, utility, meaning we, we can change direction at any moment. We can overcome any obstacle. We, we walk in with a plan. We realize it's not the right plan. We come up with a new plan immediately. Utility. The object is, uh, as they say in sports, to push the ball down the field. The object is to make devotees. The object is to spread Krishna's uh, message. We do it whatever works, however, however it works. So are there any uh, questions or comments at this point? Yes, Namruchi? Thank you for everything. Um, I had one question. Um, mentioned earlier in the lecture that um, uh, when we're chanting, we're asking Krishna for service. And uh, my question was, Sometimes, what or what would you say to somebody who, um, you know, they they they're interested in doing service and they do lots of service, but when it comes to their chanting, they they don't really pay attention to their chanting. Like, like is it is it that just they just you know they've just chanted enough, you know, and now it's just the time to just do service? Or, I mean, I don't mean to be funny or anything. Yeah. I just, like, what would you say to those people that, you know, they're fired up about doing service, but they're just not interested in chanting? Like, I was listening to a lecture one time, like, um, and the point was being made that, you know, sometimes we come from different traditions, and, you know, say somebody was, like, as a kid, was tortured to, like, chant on the rosary, so, like, any thought of chanting on beads or anything like that, it's it's just, like, you know, it's painful for them to think about, you know, doing that. It, it's... So, um, because sometimes we might forget the the fact that you know our chanting is service. You know, I mean, it's when we take initiation. That's the you know we make our uh, the, our vows, but you know we promise to chant a certain amount of rounds a day. That's the you know it's it's not like we promise to like you know I, you know to do any other thing. You know, the 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 focus is the chanting. So. 
Anyways, I, I, I could just go on and on because... <laughs> yeah. But anyways, what would you say to such a person? I mean, I don't mean to be critical to any specific person or, yeah. or, or you know, I, I'm, I mean, everybody has their responsibilities, everybody has their life to live, and I don't mean to uh, attack or focus on any individual or anything, but... Yeah. But no, you know, that's, so, that's a good Anyways, that's a good so question. Just, just, you know, just the a question. Chanting, uh, chanting of Hare Krishna is essential, you know, and uh i mean it just is it there there should be no question about that as much as we've all talked about it and as much as we've all heard about it you know i mean we are the hari krishna people we're the guys who chant hari krishna so that's one of our main functions you see so however possible we need to help somebody who's who's into this thinking that well i'm not going to put the the chanting is as as that important you see that has to be conquered we have to learn and we have to persevere we have to on we in the beginning it's like all of bhakti yoga in the beginning we um we strictly religiously perform the activities going to the programs chanting hari krishna uh associating with the devotees, uh, eating Krista Prasadam, avoiding other things. We, ha- we have to kind of make ourselves do it. After time, uh, attraction develops. We start getting attracted to this chanting Hare Krishna, associating with the devotees, Krista Prasadam without any, any other nonsense, you see. Then after a while of this attraction, we're in, this, when in the, tra- the attraction period, uh, Rupa Goswami says, then you move on into the attached stage. Now you're attached. You know, at that point, you're really hooked. You know, you you look forward to chanting. If you're not chanting, you feel uncomfortable. You know, you'll think, if you ever get a moment where you're not doing anything, you'll think, oh, where are my beats? You know, you see, when you're occupied, but you'll go right to it. Uh, it's not... It's not a habit. It's an attraction. You're, I mean, it's an attachment. You're attached to it. You're attached to cre- taking Krishna Prasadam. Anything else just seems distaste. You know, it's not very attractive. You see. Now we we can get into this this point of attraction and kind of get over into attachment and kind of bounce back and forth for a long time. Devotees can spend years being in that middle. You know, where I'm attracted, but I can, uh, you know, I could also not chant very much, and uh, I, I can go, you know, to this restaurant. They've got this great, whatever, you know, great enchiladas, or you know, I can I can take Krishna, and uh, uh, you know, just kind of take, and uh, it's like, uh, all right, I'm gonna. Put a little curtain around him here for a minute, you know. All right. So Krishna's no longer there. Okay, now I can do this nonsense and that nonsense. And now I'm finished. Uh, now I want Krishna. Okay. Hello. Sorry, Krishna. Oh, Krishna. Oh, I missed you so much, you know. You know, and then when I want to, I can. Uh, excuse me, Krishna. You know. And when I, And then when I've got this this up. I can go on and do this life I have over here. 
you know? Can't see. Don't tell it. You know? You know, then we go, oh, Krishna. Oh, I missed you so much. You know? So we don't want to draw the curtain around Krishna. You see? So uh, we need to get out of that area where we're vacillating back and forth and let ourselves become attracted but we uh, are attached so we need to work with people that are like that we need to help them as much as possible you know and offer you know maybe uh if you like prabhu we could sit and chant together you know we can do that there's this um there's this real good opportunity that we have let me see what do they call that oh yeah japa time you know, where we all sit and chant together. Of course, we used to. You know, I can remember there'd be 100 people in here during Joppa time. You know, yeah. There would be, you know, there would be no place to sit. You know, uh, Tamal Krishna Goswami liked sitting right there. That was his favorite spot. He would sit there, and then everybody would be lining around. There's hardly any room. Sometimes hardly much room to walk, if you like to walk. And the sound of everybody chanting, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, was really sweet, you know. So, but now uh, we can encourage them to come to Japa time. We can encourage people to uh, sit, let's sit and chant. You see, it's a whole, of course, it's a science, you know, this chanting. And one thing that I recommend to people is uh, uh, it works, it, it's worked for me, but every so often, Dis- dismantle the way you pre uh, the, the way you chant, completely dismantle it and start all over, because you get into habits, and it starts to go into the subconscious, and you're you know, and uh, so start, just stop yourself, start it all over and say every word, every syllable, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Now your mind is going to say, oh, but wait a minute, time out. That's going to take a lot longer. So what? You'll find as you, as you uh, add different melodies, start out low, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, go high, start out high and go low. Do, do these things and it forces you to pay attention. You know, hear the names, do different melodies as you're chanting. That forces you to pay attention and you'll find that you'll you'll speed up and perhaps even gain speed over what you were doing when you were maybe not you know some people can chant so quickly you know maybe that's good for them i don't know i don't know all i know is it's really much more pleasurable uh, to me to say. and sometimes it's nice to chant loudly you know and if that's disturbing to people then you have to get alone you know, just chant and hear it, live with it, you know, associate with the names. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare. you know. So it, 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 do whatever it takes, whatever gimmick you need to pay attention, you see. It's just an exercise. So when we have someone like that, we just need to work with them. Uh, if it's a philosophical thing, if they're uh, if they're thinking, well, I just don't see that much importance, uh, uh, you know, on it, on the chanting. Then we need to get philosophical with them because they are wrong. 
And, you know, unfortunately, some people don't have the mentality to understand certain things, you know. We think it's so easy. We can, we can see the devotee hears, and he, he, he hears, he realizes this is the absolute truth. But some, some people's consciousness is so clouded with illusion. You know, typically they think they already know it. You know, these people that I see in the yoga stores, they already know. They know everything. I can say yoga. Therefore, I know everything, you know. So you get all these people, especially in this age, that are convinced that they know it all. You know, you say, oh, well, where's Krishna? Is he sitting next to you? Huh? Do you see Krishna? Well, no. You know, you you look in their life and they, they think they've made some religious epiphany, but you can see. What a lot of people don't understand is that the devotees have this divine sight. Huh? Once you've tasted a, a drop of the nectar of Krishna, it's just a drop, uh, you, you can see. Once you come out of ignorance, once you come out of darkness into the light, you can see. For people still in darkness... They don't understand that there is a light. You see, you can't see because I can't see. (laughs) So if you're dealing with somebody like that, you just have to work on them and, you know, hammer on their false ego as much as it's false ego. I already know what, you know, the false ego is saying, I just don't like to chant. I just don't like it. You know, what do we do? You know, did your mother drop you on your head when you were a baby or something? You know, I'm trying to figure out, do we have a mechanical problem with the brain or is it just slow or is it clouded with false ego? Something, you know, somehow or other, we have to show love and compassion and just work with them and see if we can get them and help them to chant. You know, because we know. There's no other way, there's no other way, there's no other way. You know, what is that? Uh, I can't remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. In this age of Kali, there's no other way, no other way, no other way. You know, and we get these yogis or these, you know, bogey yogis or whatever that say, oh, but I know a way. You know, like, oh, gosh, here we go. (laughs) Uh, The Vedas are wrong. You've got a new... You know, you've you've figured out a new way. You know, so. <laughs> so, does that answer your question? Sorry for the lengthy answer, but that's a really good question. You know, that's it's very important. You know. I just become concerned. I mean, not not only for other people, but you know, I mean, for myself as well. It just, I mean, I thank you for the answer. I just, uh, you know, it's hard because. You know, like you said, we have our false ego to deal with, and uh, you know, sometimes uh, you know we can't understand things right away because you know we're covered over. So somebody may come to me with good advice, or and I just you know I just won't listen because you know just like you said, false ego, or you know maybe maybe I was mistreated before, or you know maybe 
you know, people try to control me, you know, many times before in my life. And maybe I'm just being rebellious because you know, I'm just reacting to that, you know, yeah. that sense of, you know, we come from the material world and everybody's trying to be Krishna and everybody's trying to control every everyone. And it's like, uh, you know, we're in the hospital and, you know, there's still sick people around us in the hospital and, you know, somebody who may try to be trying to control me and I could see that tendency of trying to control in, in well, the person. And, so, and that's just it. We're... The nature of the material world is resistance to control because it's everywhere. There are people attempting to control your, the way you think at every step, you see. I mean, advertising on television, radio, billboards, in the stores, there, there's, there are people trying to tell you, this is the best thing. You should go here. This is the best service. Uh, you should get this telephone. You should get this telephone service. Blah, 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 you know this car, that gas. Oh, it's just constant. So you're you have to uh, resist it all, or else you'd be buying everything you saw, which you can't do. So you have to resist a lot of it. You see, but what we end up doing is we end up because we're bombarded by so much of this nonsense, we end up believing some of it. We end up believing. I mean, there were many devotees who bought into this concept of, uh, of all people, devotees, who bought into this, this false concept that if you drank milk, it would clog your arteries. Started drinking 2% milk, you know, which has been proven. The same scientist 30 years ago that came up with that calculation 30 years later, these idiots sat down and said, you know what, uh, we were wrong. What? Oh, you know, we were wrong. What are you talking about you were wrong? So all these products that came forth, aha, profit, that came forth from this, uh, fat-free yogurt, fat-free sour cream, fat-free this, fat-free, 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 you know what they've come what they've found out is that basically you get it from other sources it's not necessary some people are allergic they're lactose intolerant very few people though but you get it from other sources but if you cut down the intake of fat to an artificially low level the body has to have it it will manufacture a chemical to replace fat and that chemical that your body has to manufacture in uh in what's like a uh, uh, a mode of panic, the system goes into panic. It has to have it, so it creates this thing. And this created chemical that your body produces has a tendency to clog your arteries because you weren't giving your body enough natural fat intake. You know, fads. People buy into fads. You know, we have to be so careful. So, yes, we've spent a lifetime trying to resist. It's just bombarding everywhere. And I've got people telling me I should do this. I've got people saying I shouldn't do that. So then when we become devotees, it takes us a while to uh, accept authority. You see, people aren't looking to accept any authority in the material world, typically, you know, because we, you know, I mean, we left the spiritual sky, 
you know, because one of the reasons is we wanted to get out on our own. I don't want authority. I want to be a maverick. You know, I want to go see what it's like without Krishna. You see? So, you know, we carry that, that with us. You know, I don't want to take any advice. And if we get caught up in lust, once we get lusty, that means we've already taken mental possession of some of the uh, concepts that we have. I want to do this. Uh, I have this one person I'm preaching to who is 63 years old and thinks he wants to get married. And, I mean, I mean, just really off the wall. However, the lust factor is there. You can see it in his eyes. And they're kind of glazed over, you know, like, oh, God. So you can make, you can say every correct statement in the world, and he will sit there and agree, yeah, you're right, yeah, you're right, but I still want to. Yes, but this, you know, the chances of it being, you know, working, and the chances of, yeah, you're right, I agree. Yeah, I can't defeat that. I still want to do it. But, you know. So you get this lust. So sometimes people uh, in, in the mode uh, of passion, you know, this lust starts to mutate and uh, it gets very strong and, and they just don't want to take any spiritual advice. You know, it doesn't mean they're a bad person and it doesn't mean that we don't like them anymore. It, what it means is that our you will feel your love for that person growing at that point. Because right now, they need to be loved more than ever, you see. They don't need to be uh, chastised in certain ways, you know, run down, belittled, whatever. And it's a tough job. Well, somehow or other, we have to see if we can talk them out of it as they resist. And we have to do it in such a way that they don't, get so sick and tired of our persistence in trying to help them that they just seal us off, you know, you know, or start to avoid you, you see. So it's tough, but we're tough. <laughs> All right, uh, anything else? Questions, comments, criticism? Yes, Mother? You mentioned that uh, we can't enjoy unless we're enjoyed by Krishna. <clears throat> That's when we get the feelings of, of being happy. Then I was wondering, where does the, you know, the enjoyment that we feel sometimes in this world, going to a party or amusement park or something like that, because that, we're not being enjoyed by Krishna, but where does that sense of enjoyment come from then? Uh, like if it's some mundane thing, you know, uh, illusion. Sometimes we think we're enjoying, but we're not. You see, it's just like sometimes people may go to uh, uh, a party and they're trying to have have fun, and they try so hard to have fun. Maybe they get intoxicated or something. You know, uh, it's a it's a, a a temporary fix that doesn't last. You see. In other words, it's not so good that we want to cling to that moment. You see, I never want this moment to go away. But in, in our service to Krishna, 
Um, we have many moments when we think, you know, you know, it may sound crude, but uh, we may think this is a perfect moment to die. I'm thinking of Krishna. I'm feeling ecstasy. I actually feel some, some, this would be a perfect moment to leave my body, you know. So um, it's a distortion uh, when we go to something mundane and we feel like we're enjoying. It's like, um, um, it's like an imitation of the real thing. It's just like uh, a man can buy his wife a, uh, a diamond ring. And she looks at it, she's thinking, oh, this is beautiful, but it's really a zircon. You see? It's not the real thing. She's thinking it's the real thing. And then, you know, maybe she knocks it against something and it breaks or whatever, and then she finds out, oh, this isn't real. You see? The ups and downs. Uh, meeting uh, in, in, the, in the material world, uh, people in their relationships, uh, Spousal, uh, well, well, not so much, but uh, uh, boys meeting girls, girls meeting boys. It sometimes I, I've talked to so many people and given so much counseling, and they think, well, I met somebody and I thought it was the real thing, and he turned out to be such a jerk, you know. So yes, and it it can it can glitter like gold, and. Uh, the living entity is, is in such uh, so much uh, search for Krishna, uh, for the real thing. We're desperately looking for it. We don't know what we're looking for, but we're desperately looking for it. That we'll we'll grab on to just about anything, any moment that seems like basically what's actually happening in a moment like that. Uh, when you let's let's say I like that, that example. You go to a party. And I'm, I'm assuming, it's, let's say it's a mundane party, you know. And so perhaps it's on a Friday or a Saturday night, you know, they usually are. So you've worked hard all week. So here you are at a party. The suffering has uh, lightened up a little bit. You're not working. It's uh, a nice time of the year. It's in springtime. It's not cold anymore. It's not hot yet. It's Friday night. I finished work for the week. I have this moment where the suffering, I'm between sufferings, and I'm feeling okay. You know, It's like an animal that's being hunted all the time that, that for a few moments doesn't feel hunted, a, a moment where I can kind of rest. You see, kind of like a... So it's a breather. You find yourself in a situation where I can take a breath. I don't have to study. I don't have to work. I don't have to fight traffic. I can just relax and be here, and it feels nice. You see, So it glitters like gold. It's not gold, but it glitters like gold, you see. And you can't go back and recreate that moment. It's gone, you know. So if you go to a party the next Friday night, it may not be exactly the same, you know. But the service to Krishna, you can recreate it, you see. 
It is the real thing. And it's not just a breather from suffering, although it does give you that uh, shelter from, from suffering, but it's not just it's not just that. You know, it's an actual pleasure because Krishna's being happy. You see, he's being pleased. You can feel Krishna being pleased. You know. And um yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah. These uh, um we have to remember all that glitters is not gold. Uh, Maya's job is to glitter, to show you glitter. Hey, look at this. Isn't this great? I know you like Krishna, but you can still like Krishna and do this. It's okay. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. He's not looking. You know. And when you want Krishna, you can go back over there with Krishna. See? So Maya's job is to mess with your head like that. But she's good. You gotta take your hat off to her. She's good. Does a good job. Until the devotee gets to the point where he says, No. You know, I have no need for you. Why don't you chant Hare Krishna? <laughs> you know. And then Maya thinks, okay. Another one of these Krishna fanatics, you know, people. <laughs> Heck with you. You're no fun. I'm gonna go find somebody else. So All right, I think we should probably wrap it up, huh? Sorry. Huh? I don't know. In a lot of in a lot of what she said, then what activities are appropriate for devotees to engage in with one another? I mean, I know we perform devotional service and we chant. Anything that'll remind you of Krishna. Okay. Anything that you think might please Guru and Krishna. Anything that you feel will help you in your desire, achieving your desire to always remember Krishna and never forget him. Because I've heard the term um, of activities or things we engage in being Krishnaized. Mm-hmm. To whereas if, if we weren't thinking of Krishna, those things may just be materialistic, mundane things. If, and if we thought that's all there was in life, in this life here, then it is mundane. Hmm. But I know because I don't know who was telling me, but <coughs> they were even talking about Srila Prabhupada being on an airplane and, and watching a comedy. Um, what? Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, Chaplin. Yeah. And you know, some people think, well, why is Srila Prabhupada watching a mundane movie? But... He was seeing, you know, he could still think of Krishna and watch this movie, and he saw things. So, I, so I'm saying at what point does it just depend on the individual? Well, uh, these, these can be dangerous roads to walk, you see. Because, uh, let me give you for instance, first of all, when we hear that, let me, uh, well, you know, Prabhupada, he, he watched movies. You know, Prabhupada watched Charlie, Charlie Chaplin on an airplane. So it's okay. Movies are all right. See how I made that leap? Okay, first of all, Prabhupada's on an airplane. 
the movie in those days they didn't have the little things on the seats they had the movie they had the screen that played he's on the airplane they're playing a movie it's a silent movie Charlie Chaplin so he doesn't have to put the headphones in it's just happening and Prabhupada looks at it what's he going to do you know so he's watching it, you know, to think, what are these karmis thinking about? What do they do? You know, ah, oh, that's funny. And he, through the talent that Charlie Chaplin had, he could realize the ability in, that Krishna is giving him to perform. So it reminded him of Krishna, you see. But now he's a pretty elevated uh, soul. So the question comes to us, can we do certain things that will remind us of Krishna. You know, could I go down to Deep Ellum and listen to some headbanger band and it reminds me of Krishna? Maybe you can. I don't think I can, but maybe somebody can. Can I do uh, this? Can I, go, can I go watch this movie or that movie and it reminds me of Krishna? That's for you to say. If it really is reminding you of Krishna, you know, but then, you know, the problem is that we may get carried away with it. We think, well, I can go. We start to think, uh, we, and we can get into a trap when we think, you know, this Maya is really not that hard to overcome. You know, she's really not that dangerous. I mean, she's a kitty cat. She's not a tiger. She's just a little kitten. Kind of like playing with fire. Huh? Kind of like playing with fire. Exactly. Exactly. And we, we get a false sense of security, and it can cause difficulties for us. So uh, how far to go with those quote-unquote mundane activities? Uh, that's an individual. That's an individual situation, you know. Uh, and, you know, we think, what would my guru say? You know, what would Krishna say? What would Prabhupada say? You know, get personal. You know, that's, in other words, you know, we need to do as little of this as possible. When I do this and he's not there, then I can do whatever. But if he's there, now I'm really limited in my nonsense. But I can draw the curtain anytime I want to. The question is, how much do we want to draw that curtain? And are we being really kind of silly, like he doesn't see us if we pull the curtain? You know, it's a very personal. And enchanting, and devotional service, of course. I, I mean, you enjoy. We're talking last evening. Decreases our desires for these things. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, like. Yeah. Things that mattered back when that you thought were fun, but that they were necessarily, I'm not talking about engaging in, you know, illicit sex or intoxication or those kinds of things. I'm talking regular, mundane, everyday, yeah. worldly things that we thought were fun and fulfilling. Once you get attached to the chanting and performing, just, those things don't even, they're not fun anymore. Right. They just don't satisfy anymore. Yeah, somebody may be attracted to, you know, some kind of uh, rock and roll music or something and uh, and think, well, it's okay. 
but you know the question you really really have to be honest with yours to thine own self be true is it really okay for you is it helping you go where you want to go <coughs> and we'll talk about that later that's another subject about you know the destinations what are we actually trying to do do we just want to be here part of the community which is very very nice it's very wonderful or do we really want to walk holding Krishna's hand? You see? Do we want Krishna to put his arm around us? I mean, what are we trying to accomplish? If we just want to be here, you know, channel Hare Krishna, come and go, take some prasadam, go to the movies, go play baseball, whatever, that's okay, that's a great life. It's a great life. But is it going to get you in Krishna's embrace. You see, that's what we have to decide. Do we want that? Yes, Mother? I, I, had, a, I had an experience this weekend. Um, you know, I, I work in the bridal shop, and I do, I work with girls in beautiful dresses every day. <coughs> and... You know, um, and I try to put things in the store that remind me of Krishna. Um, and I try to bring that into that environment mm -hmm. uh, through different ways. And um, I was arranging the dresses, and I had one in my hand. And I said, oh, Krishna, I said, this is the most beautiful dress. I said, I can't believe we still have it because it's exceptionally beautiful. Hmm. And I said, would you bring a girl for this dress? You know, and I know that sounds silly, but I just said, nobody was in the store and I just was talking. <laughs> to, and so the next day we had a girl come in. She had no appointment and uh, she was looking around and Linda was there. And she um, pulled the dress off the rack, and she said, I want to try this dress on. And I was like, okay. So she went and tried the dress on. She tried one or two more on, I think, and she bought the dress. She bought, <laughs> she bought the dress. Wow. The, and she, I didn't pick it. Linda didn't pick it. The girl picked it. Wow. And so... Krishna was there. Yeah. He was there. And he was showing me, I'm with you. Right. I'm here with you. Even in your mundane job. Well, it's I'm not a with it's, you. it's not a mundane job if you're doing it for Krishna. You see? It's just like there's been a uh, some big university, I don't know which one, they did they've done one of their many surveys. They spent millions of dollars. Uh, trying to check out uh, um, what makes certain socio-economical groups and ethnic groups successful, rich. You know, they're rich. The two that they studied, that they really ended up studying the most in, in America, were the Jews and the Indians that come to America. Two very wealthy, well-to-do so they're trying to figure out how is it that such a great number of these people, high percentage, are rich, you know? 
And the only thing that they could come up with is that for both of these, for the Jews and for the American, uh, for the Indian, not the American, but, you know, the Eastern Indians, is that by and large their uh, business, their job, is part of their worship. It's considered part of their worship. It's not like I leave Krishna and I go to the office, you know. To the Indians, they, you know, Krishna's there. They do a little puja. They do puja to the cash register, you know. So I don't know if you're doing puja to your cash register, but it may not be a may not be a bad idea, you know. Just, but no, if you just uh, do a little puja to Krishna, then Ganesh is happy. <laughs> 